This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome and you're listening to the SteelersNation.com podcast brought to you in part by Stoney's Brewing. My name's TJ Wingard. He's Brad Lambert. And Brad, it's finally here. Football season has arrived. About time, man. I'm so glad it's back, and uh, we started off with a bang. That's right. Pittsburgh Steelers opening preseason play with a 31-14 victory over the Philadelphia Eagles. And while it wasn't exactly who you're going to see week one of the regular season with Big Ben not playing, Antonio Brown not playing, Le'Veon Bell not signing the franchise tender, so he obviously not in uniform. But from what we saw from everybody else filling in those shoes, looks pretty solid. Yeah, uh, the one word... I can say that describes this team so far and their performance after the first game is deep. We have a lot of depth, and uh, it showed throughout that entire game. Yeah, when you look at the box score, I think one position that's looked very, very good, and when you talk about depth, it's that quarterback position. Three quarterbacks played for Pittsburgh yesterday, and none of them being Ben Roethlisberger. So Landry Jones with the start going 4 of 4, 83 yards passing, including a 71-yard touchdown the Juju Smith-Schuster. Then later, you see Josh Dobbs and Mason Rudolph. Rudolph passing for over 100 yards, and Dobbs and Landry Jones both throwing for a touchdown each. What do you think out of the performances from the quarterback trio? Well, I mean, Landry looked very, very comfortable, um, which is good. We, we need him to be comfortable as the backup quarterback. Josh Dobbs had some good moments. He had some bad moments. And uh, Mason Rudolph looked like a rookie but he also flashed here and there as well. So um, not a bad starting performance for any of those guys, um, but uh, I would like to see some more consistency out of Josh Dobbs, um, but he had a phenomenal throw to Patterson, um, so that kind of made up for his uh, inconsistencies. When you talk about the second-year player and Josh Dobbs, he went 9 of 13, 91 yards, passing with a touchdown, one interception, also had two carries for 19 yards, so you see that dual threat ability there. But you got to think, Landry Jones seems to be the number two guy on this roster. If anything happens to Ben Roethlisberger, Landry Jones will step up. You got to think Mason Rudolph's going to be sticking around, being they spent a third-round pick on him uh, this past year's draft. So Josh Dobbs playing for a job, maybe not in Pittsburgh, but to try to impress a team, trading an asset to Pittsburgh in order to acquire Josh Dobbs. And we saw a little bit of a flash there. But like you mentioned, Mason Rudolph, nah, 7 of 12, passing over 100 yards. Another position that looked really deep, Running back, Fitzgerald Toussaint uh, had over four yards of carry. James Conner, four carries, 25 yards. And specifically for those two, down the road with Le'Veon, questionable when he's going to come. Those two players are going to need to be pretty important, don't you think? Yeah, James Conner showed up, man. Um, he looked very comfortable back there. And he finished off every single one of his runs. So um, a lot of the uh, thoughts coming into this season was, you know, can James Conner stay healthy? Um, Craig Wolfley talked about it a lot on Steeler um, Nation Radio. He talks about how last season 
he would have a carry and then limp off the field or, you know, three carries and then be down on the field. So this season, I know uh, James in the off season worked really hard to get his body right and get ready physically, mentally to come into the season and play well. And, uh, you know, I really liked what I saw. Um, I think Connor has a lot of speed that, you know, Le'Veon's a very athletic running back, but he doesn't have the gear that James Connor does. So, uh, I like what I saw at a, at a corner. How about you? I mean, I really liked him. You mentioned that first step in the last episode. He's got that quick first step, has some pretty high-end speed, but a lot, a lot of big bruising kind of a back. And, you know, it's just good to see second-year player kind of come into his own, especially with, you know, down the road. We don't know Le'Veon going to be back in the black and gold or if we're going to have to move on. And if they are going to need to move on, is James Conner that guy? So it is always a great sign to see that maybe that next guy up is starting to hit his own. Uh, maybe a little bit of a disappointing showing from Steven Ridley when it comes to taking the ball out of the backfield. Only 14 yards on 10 carries, but had more production as a receiver. Three catches, 45 yards. But uh, when it comes to big playing receivers, Juju Smith-Schuster with the bang that started it all off. He only had one catch, but it was for 71 yards and that great touchdown. Yeah, man. Uh, a lot of people were giving Juju a lot of slack um, just so far this training camp. He's made some mental errors in practice, running wrong routes, you know, some injuries. And uh, he definitely showed that uh, people need to lay off a little bit. Um, made a phenomenal catch and finished the play. So um, that's what he needs to do on a consistent basis. So, uh, yeah, I was thrilled. How about you? Oh, I mean, I love to see that, you know, again, another second-year player continuing except where he's continuing where he left off at a strong rookie season. So it's good to have him, especially with Martavius Bryant now in Oakland. You're going to need that number two wide receiver position be filled with someone, whether it's Juju Smith-Schuster or someone who else looked, someone else who looks pretty good, James Washington, two catches, 44 yards. Uh, looked pretty solid, too, as the rookie. Going to probably see a lot of snaps this season. Yeah, man. James Washington, he's kind of lit it up in uh, training camp so far. A lot of hype around him, third-round pick. Um, I was really looking forward to seeing him, and they obviously put him with Mason Rudolph for most of the game. I definitely look forward to seeing him, hopefully, with you know Landry Jones and hopefully Ben at some point this preseason just to kind of see what he really can do. But uh, that one catch, the long catch you just mentioned, uh, Mason threw it up, and he went up there and got it. He used his big body and his big frame to kind of shield the cornerback use those hands that made him uh, one of the best receivers in college football. So I really like what I saw from him yesterday and uh, look forward to seeing what uh, comes down the pipe from him. Yeah. When you look at this Pittsburgh receiving core, you see AB at five ten and Juju Smith Schuster, a little over six foot Washington, right around the same mark. None of these guys are huge six, three, six, four, six, five receivers, but they all have that ability to get in the right position, go up good wingspan, good hand-eye coordination to go up and get those 50-50 balls. So, huge asset for the quarterbacks right there. Yeah, man. Uh, the one thing I like about this receiving core is uh, they are all very athletic wideouts, but they're all very physical. Um, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster kind of changed the game last year coming out, reminded all of us of Heinz Ward with his physicality and both the blocking and just how he ran his route and how he uh, didn't necessarily go down easily. Um, after catching a football. So James Washington has that. Juju Smith-Schuster has that. So 
I like that aspect of it. I, you know, Martavis was a athletic freak, you know, very tall, very fast. But to be honest, his hands were very inconsistent. Um, a lot of thoughts on Twitter last night after James Washington's mm-hmm. phenomenal catch was, does Martavis make that catch? And I don't know. I I really don't know mm-hmm. if, if Martavis would have made yeah. that catch. But you know what? That's not our problem anymore. That's John Gruden. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly right there. And I think while we're talking about the receiving core, I think we would be remiss if we didn't mention Demon Patterson. Six catches, 77 yards, and a touchdown himself. A guy that's going to fight his way onto that receiving core. And if he can be a fourth, fifth option for this Pittsburgh Steelers, add even more depth to arguably the best receiving core in the NFL. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, he was another guy, you know, at a training camp that was making some noise. Um, and what a performance he had last night. Uh, number 83, really flashing all over the field. So um, it makes you think if if this guy can consistently put up numbers this preseason, what happens to Eli Rogers? Do we need Eli Rogers coming off of ACL? Mm-hmm. Um, it makes you really think because they're a similar build. I would think that Patterson obviously is younger, not coming off an ACL injury, and uh, he's seems to have a bit more burst than Eli Rogers. So if he can consistently play at this level, I I got you gotta think Eli Rogers might be expendable. Especially being a more expensive receiver, I agree with that down the road when you're trying to make the the salary cap work in your favor to re sign someone like uh, Le'Veon Bell or uh, any other assets down the road. Uh yeah, you're gonna make cuts wherever you can. So Eli Rogers gotta step up once he gets the opportunity with Patterson on the door. Knocking now going to the defensive end of the ball. I thought we I thought we had a few shining performances. Uh, Tyler Mikatovich, five tackles, four solo. John Bostic had four tackles of his own. And then on those first few drives when the starters played, Morgan Burnett three tackles. And I mean, and one of them being a tackle for loss. And seeing Morgan Burnett fill in for where Mike Mitchell was, where he was struggling a year ago, could be a real huge bolster to the Pittsburgh defense. Yes. The safety position last year, specifically with Mike Mitchell, was lacking consistent tackling. And uh, Morgan Burnett showed that he is more than capable of filling that void, which, to be honest, isn't saying much. I thought Mitchell has uh, his play declined severely over the last few years. So I'm very excited to see somebody else back there. But, yeah, I'm, I, I really like Morgan Burnett, Terrell Edmonds, uh you know, no real flash plays yet, but he was flying around the football field. So his athleticism was showing. So it was good to see him out there. But uh, we mentioned it earlier in the show, the depth at cornerback. Um, I really, really like what I'm seeing. I mean, a couple interceptions. Um, Cody Sensabaugh, Camp Sutton, you know, and, and that's not even mentioning guys like Joe Hayden, who didn't play, or Artie Burns, um, or Mike Hilton. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's that's what you want. And uh, there's been a lot of hype in training camp so far over the talent that we have at cornerback this year. And uh, that's not a bad start for that group. Yeah, without a doubt. I think you mentioned Edmonds flying around the field, three tackles, but also somebody who's got a lot of praise there in training camp. But a cornerback depth, that is going to be huge this season for Pittsburgh. It's something they've lacked uh, for seasons upon seasons now. So they can have multiple guys fill in and be able to take, you know, multiple snaps and get multiple reps during the preseason and make the roster. It helps, <laughs> helps, you know, an aging 
Joe Hayden goes down with an injury or somebody as athletic as Artie Burns is more likely to get injured, you know, it helps to have that depth and be able to fill in piece by piece uh, as the season goes on. Going away from the DBs, I mentioned Matikiewicz and Bostic. Uh, Going to be huge players in that linebacking rotation. We talked about it a lot there in the second episode, but what would you think of those linebackers here in that first preseason game? Honestly, I thought Matikiewicz um, really missed a few uh, opportunities to make some plays, uh, especially that first touchdown um, that Philly scored. Uh, he came flying off the edge, had an opportunity for a sack, completely missed Sudfeld, and uh, gave him the opportunity to roll out, buy some time, and then find his tight end in the end zone. Um, but John Bostic looked uh, looks good. I do think he'll be the guy to win that position um, as a starter next to Vince Williams. But, uh, you know, it is the first game. But uh, I, I think Matikiewicz needs needs to, you know, put on more of a performance, especially when he has the opportunity to make a play. He's got to make a play. Um, if not, he's going to be a backup and a uh, special teams guy for us, which is totally fine. But, uh with uh, the the very tall task of kind of replacing Ryan Shazier for this season. We need guys we can rely on, especially to make tackles. And uh, right now that guy is John Bostic. And Bostic, along with Vince Williams, and you mentioned Matakay was probably going to be a good special teams kind of guy, but you saw that inexperience shine through last night. But we would be remiss to mention Ryan Shazier. What a moment. Goosebumps worthy when he was in the huddle with the rest of the team there before the game. I mean, an emotional moment, it'll pluck at your heartstrings, but an incredible moment and something that you're going to see throughout the year as he slowly but surely starts to make his comeback, and it's going to be a huge motivational piece to motivate Pittsburgh uh, throughout the rest of the season. Man, I cannot wait um, to see that first game this season. Um, you know he's going to walk out of the tunnel or do something really amazing like that. Brian's an amazing guy, and uh, he, he's making strides each and every day. But uh, I also saw somebody posted a video last night on Twitter. He was on the bike, mm. which was really amazing to see. So it's, I'm, I'm happy he's able to be around the team, which I know is really important to him. And uh, I'm sure it's a big boost to the guys. So mm. uh, like you said, that'll be a, a great kind of uh, added element for the guys and the fans throughout the season. So, um, yeah, that, that was really special. Absolutely. An awesome moment there. And we continue to pray for Ryan Shazier as he continues to blow us all away with how quick he is making an incredible uh, comeback to hopefully resurrect his football career. So moving on, you are listening to the SteelersNation.com podcast brought to you by Stonings Brewing. So we're going to move on to a first installment of the SteelersNation.com game ball segment. So what it's going to be is think back to when you were a kid and you played football and the coach would give out a game ball to somebody who had a really good game or Heck, it's even done now in the NFL. You see NFL coaches give out game balls to their quarterbacks or whoever has a big game. We're going to start doing this installment after every Pittsburgh Steelers game for one offensive and one defensive player that really shined out. While most of the time it will be the player who had the best statistical game, who carried the load on the offense or defense, it could also be somebody who just makes a big spark play, really turns the momentum or makes a couple plays late in the game to seal the deal. So it's not always going to be the best statistical performance because if that's the case, Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell and Big Ben might be the only three that get any any love on yeah. this segment on the offensive end. So to keep that in mind, uh, Brad, was there anybody you think uh, deserving of that offensive game ball? Absolutely. It, it's not someone you would think, but the boss, 
Chris Boswell, three for three on the night, two for two on extra points. Um, the guy's a machine. Pay the man. You know, that's the guy you want back there. He had a long of 41, uh, average of 37. Chris Boswell gets my offensive game ball. Um, the guy just is money. Uh, anytime we need a field goal to tie the game up, uh, he, he comes in and he looked like in uh, prime form last night. So, Chris Boswell, you get my offensive game ball. Great point there. Boswell, over the past couple of years, has become one of the elite kickers in the NFL, and he's becoming more and more reliable every single year and been a big bolster. There have been a lot of games where Pittsburgh has won solely off of field goals from the Boz himself. If it's going to come down to me, I'm going to have to go with uh, – it's down between Juju or, or Patterson. I'm going to have to go Patterson. Just overall, like I said, six I like catches, it. 77 yards, a touchdown, a guy who's fighting for a position spot to get into that rotation – and, you know, he really showed out, and like you mentioned with Eli Rogers, that competition. Now he's making a name for himself, and he's going to move up the depth chart after that first performance. And now what do you think for the defensive side of the ball? Anybody stand out to you there? Man, you know, this is tough. Uh, there are a few flash plays last night um, in regards to turnovers. But, uh, man, this is a tough one, man. I, I Nobody jumped off the, the page from a statistical uh, standpoint. But uh, I'm, I'm going to butcher this. Uh, Ola Denny, number 92, okay. came off the edge a few times, mm -hmm. created some pressure, had a sack and a forced fumble. Um, he looks like uh, another 92 we're familiar with. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give him my defensive game ball for now. I think he had a solid performance, and he's been a guy that's been uh, raising some eyebrows in camp as well. Absolutely. Another guy fighting to stay on the roster again. Like you said, flashbacks to James Harrison himself. Another great 92 here in the black and gold. Uh, let's see. Uh, as much as I really kind of want to go with John Bostic, you know, in a few drives, I think Morgan Burnett really kind of stood out to me. That tackle for loss, that, sh that sure tackling nature that he brings. It's really reassuring after seeing some struggles there in the back end the past couple seasons. We mentioned Mike Mitchell, uh, Sean Davis also being a very young player. We've seen some rookie Ask mistakes from him. So to have that presence there in Morgan Brennan, I think it's a solid pick for my defensive game ball. Love it. Great solid pick. And uh, I think we're all excited to see what Morgan Burnett can do this season for us. So moving on from our first game ball segment. So keep, be sure to keep tuning in week after week as Pittsburgh Steelers football continues next Thursday, August 16th at Green Bay. Brad, what are some of the things you're looking at for that game? You're going to see a little bit more of the starters. We'll probably see Ben. We'll probably see Antonio, et cetera, et cetera. But what are some things you're really looking forward to seeing against a team that's playoff caliber in Green Bay? Consistency. Uh, I thought we played really well last night, um, especially uh, for the sake that it was the first preseason game. And to be honest, uh, the last few days, they really haven't practiced a lot due to weather. Um, so they came out and they put on a performance. So this Thursday, I'm looking for some consistency. And as Tomlin always likes to talk about the arrow pointing up. So, uh, in that regard, also improvement. So I want to see from the defensive side of the ball, John Bostic looking really solid in the middle and Morgan Burnett continuing that tackling that we so desperately need in the secondary from the safety spot next to Sean Davis. Um, and then on offense, like you mentioned, hopefully see some of the big guns in Big Ben and A.B. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but uh, I want to see Juju show out uh, again. James Washington, hopefully get some time with Ben. Um, but, yeah, consistency is important. And, obviously, come out of the game injury-free. Last night we saw B.J. Finney go down, which is uh, we're already thin at the offensive line, so we don't need that. But from uh, the sound of it, it's not serious. But uh, <laughs> we're the walking wounded on the offensive line, so hopefully we can get out of the preseason relatively healthy. Couldn't agree more. Like you mentioned, a very thin position. Uh, don't need to make it any any more sketchy there. Green Bay coming off a 31-17 win over the Tennessee Titans. Uh, a couple big performances from backup quarterbacks. Uh, all three of their backup quarterbacks threw for over 100 yards. Brent Hundley, 108. Tim Boyle, 130. And then former Notre Dame quarterback Deshaun Kaiser, 134. Uh, and you're going to see... And it'll be interesting to see how Pittsburgh can handle big body receivers, especially down the depth chart, like when Aquarius St. Brown, another former Irishman himself, uh, takes the field. You know, big body receiver, Devontae Adams, another big receiver. Once they take the field, how does Pittsburgh try to slow down those receivers, being that we don't have a cornerback that's really above 6'1 or any sort of stature like that. But it'll be a good matchup. But also when you talk about consistency, I think you mentioned the defensive end, but also offensively, you're looking at a team that, Felt like a last year would have a whole lot of success there in the first quarter. Put up a ton of points, get out to a quick lead, and then second, third quarter, even the beginning of the fourth, it started to get closer and closer every week. So we're going to have some more consistent offensive presence. Uh, granted, you're not going to see the starters all that much next week. Uh, it would still be good to see more consistent offensive play and be able to make plays throughout the game as opposed to a hot start and being stagnant thereafter. Yeah, I agree. Um, I am excited to see the secondary. You mentioned it. Um I, I feel really good about them this year, um, just from what we saw last night and what we've been hearing in training camp. Um, I'm really excited. I think that will be not the main point of um, weakness like it has been in seasons past. So uh, I'm excited to see kind of how they uh, continue to perform and, uh, you know, see guys hopefully Joe Hayden uh, gets more uh, playing time this upcoming week. And uh, Artie Burns, um, guys been flashing uh, mm -hmm. some serious talent and uh, playmaking skill in training camp. So uh, continue to have a, a lockdown corner situation with both Joe Hayden and Artie Burns. That's a good situation to have for us entering this season. Absolutely. You look at Artie Burns, when he was taken out of Miami, kind of a guy that was like, oh, not as well known, not as graded as a first-round pick, but somebody with a whole lot of athleticism and a whole lot of upside, and it's starting to develop. We see it every year. He's played so far, it gets better and better. And then talk about Hayden. If he can stay on the field, he's still a number one cornerback in the NFL. Just the biggest thing with him, his age, can he stay on the field? Yeah, we're, what a deal we got getting Joe Hayden last season. Mm -hmm. uh, ben was talking about it the other day. He said he was walking down to practice at training camp, and uh, Joe was walking ahead of him, and he said, man, I'm glad that guy's on our team. And I think Steeler Nation definitely can echo that because uh, consummate professional, good guy on and off the field mm -hmm. and a guy you can certainly rely on in the secondary. So I think the Steelers are going to have a really, really strong secondary this season. Um, and adding Morgan Burnett is only going to make that better. Yeah. I'm sure Ben says that too. I'm sure he was getting tired of facing Joe Hayden twice a year while yeah. he was in Cleveland. I'm sure it's one less problem for him to deal with <laughs> inner vision play, but also a beneficial situation from Hayden going from a team that's his entire career there in Cleveland. They weren't exactly relevant. Uh, but now he goes to Pittsburgh and be on an automatic contender there in the AFC. So as we start to bring an end to the third installment of the SteelersNation.com podcast brought to you by Stoney's Brewing, Brad Lambert, do you have any final thoughts for the viewers? 
I mean, we have we have a few injuries that I I think we can't you know move on without talking about. Uh, T.J. Watt obviously has been out. Uh, Bud Dupree has been in concussion protocol, so a few of our outside guys aren't getting a lot of time. So hopefully we can get one, if not both, back this week versus Green Bay uh, because that's going to be important. We're going to need some outside pressure uh, from the defense. We can't rely on Cam Hayward, Javon Hargrave, and Stephon Tewitt, uh by themselves. And uh, obviously without Ryan, uh, Vince Williams is going to have to show out even more than he did last year. But uh, the outside linebacker position is kind of a question mark to me at this point. Uh, we need those guys to get healthy and get back on the field. So uh, it'll be interesting to see kind of what their playing time looks like at training camp this week leading up to Thursday's game. But uh, that's one uh, one of the big question marks for me at the moment, just kind of seeing uh, how they get back on the field and when. And then obviously Antonio Brown with the minor injury uh, has missed some time. Yeah. Uh, not, uh, you know, worried in the least. I know he knows how to take care of his body, and I know Tomlin is more than uh, happy letting him step away and go where he needs to go to get back on the field. Um, so it'll be nice to get him back in practice at a fuller capacity this week and then hopefully see him uh, do his thing on Thursday. Absolutely. You mentioned the outside linebacker position. I think that's a great point. A position that's been uh, very lackluster since the days of Lamar Woodley and James Harrison in their prime. Uh, Pittsburgh's been trying to pick and choose who can fill in where, and it's been kind of a committee position. So we hope as Pittsburgh Steelers fans that TJ Watt and uh, company can get healthy, get back on the field and have an immediate impact, especially for Thursday night. You're going to see Aaron Rodgers for a few series. And the best way to beat a quarterback is to have that uh, edge rush to get right in his face or hit him from the blind side. So uh, going to be a big factor there. And like you mentioned, Antonio Brown, we hope that he's going to be okay. Seems like it's just a minor injury. So Antonio, kick back, relax, play some Madden 19. You're on the cover. Enjoy it, my man. <laughs> so uh, get he, heal up, get back on the field for us. Be ready for Thursday night. As always, he's Brad Lambert. My name's TJ Winger. We thank you for tuning in to episode three of the SteelersNation.com podcast brought to you by Stoning's Brewing. Be sure to come back same time, same place next week. Until then, we are signing off.